0: welcome back to the life given podcast it's so great to be back with you guys uh, as we took a couple episodes off um this is your place for christian current events conversations and those current events conversations are not stopping i promise that uh we uh i i needed just a couple couple episodes off to adjust because um um school had started back up. Like I said, I have a few credits to finish up at New St. Andrews, but also, uh, my, uh, teaching schedule launched, uh, for the second year. Uh, this is my second year of teaching. Um, and that got off to a roaring start as well. So <clears throat> there was quite a bit of lesson planning I had to do last week as well as, uh, just prepping around that. And then there was just other things that popped up that, uh, I needed to handle. So, uh, but we're back we are back and uh just do um just be patient can't bear with me uh we've got quite a few things to as we move forward uh, i just need to be need to make sure i can juggle everything so i don't know if three shows will be the most feasible uh feasible route to go but we are this is still going to be a weekly show and if if I have anything to say um, about it, it will probably be uh, two episodes a week at the least. Um, And then the occasional pod walk might drop and you still might get three episodes. But probably right now we're looking at one to two episodes a week. Uh, Mostly, uh, I I think that this will occur weekly on Friday and Wednesdays, uh, weekly on Fridays. And then on Wednesdays, we'll have a rotating episode uh, with a conversation and then maybe a pod walk. Uh, So we're still publishing two a week. So that, that's, that's that, uh, the housekeeping stuff. We can now put that uh, to the side. And, you know, I, I wanted to do an episode uh, Wednesday, but the thing that I wanted to cover, I wanted to wait to have more information about it. And by now you have seen the title of this episode and uh, you will know that uh, the two names, Jacob Blake and Kyle Rittenhouse, have been all over social media. And... You will also have seen the uh, NBA, the uh, NFL, the NHL, the MLB, the MLS all suspended uh, games or boycotted games for a certain extent for a certain time period because they were protesting the shooting of Jacob Blake. And as you probably are aware, the news and media have um, reported that story as an unarmed black man shot in the back seven times by a white cop just heightening racial uh, relations, uh, just heightening the racial tension in the U.S. Uh, even more than it was. And then with these athletes uh, coming out and speaking out so, uh, so much against what happened, it's heightening it even more. There's so much publicity over this, uh, and there's really no escaping it. And now I don't think it's something to be escaped. I think it's something to be corrected honestly. And that's, that's what I want to look at today. Starting with Jacob Blake, what are the actual facts? Because the things that have been reported make it really sound like Jacob Blake was an innocent man. But that couldn't be further from the truth. The reason the cops were on the scene, and we'll start now, okay? The reason the cops were on the scene was due to the fact that his girlfriend, his baby mama, had called the cops on him, because he was not supposed to be in her house, but he was. Uh, there, there are uh, there is actually an open warrant out for his arrest. He has had um, a history with uh, criminal activity in the past. He uh, has sexually abused and domestically abused a woman. He has uh, been in an altercation with police where he has waved a gun around. Uh, so this is not just some regular bloke off the street that um is just an innocent bystander. You know, they they said the media had reported just the day after that he was shot, saying that he was there to break up a fight, almost painting him like a good Samaritan. But no, that's not at all what was happening. He had showed back up. He was taking the keys from his girlfriend's house to her car. And he was walking out and and then the police showed up after getting a nine one one call, and um, or or just a call to the police. They show up, and they try to, um, they they start to arrest him. He starts to resist. They tase him. They he shakes him off. They have him on the ground. He shakes him off. Uh, he gets up. He's walking around the hood of his car, and this is the footage we'll look at. Um, But there are multiple angles where he is shown to push the police off, and then they draw their weapons because he is now, in effect, resisting arrest and disobeying all orders. And he rounds the hood of the car and goes to the driver's side. He starts to open it, and one of the cops grabs the back of his shirt trying to keep him from going in there because this is basic 101, just, I guess— Police etiquette: When you get pulled over, you aren't rushing to your glove box to try to get your uh, driver's license, your license and registration, and all of that. You you'll have you have to show your hands, and then you go and move towards it. Right? Uh, You don't want to escalate the situation. The whole the whole point is to de-escalate the situation. Jacob Blake did everything but that. Okay, so he he went um, the extra mile. He, even when he was tased, he shook it off. Even when they had him on the ground telling him to stop, <laughs> he shakes him off. You know, he's a big guy. I think he's like six 6'4". Uh, he's moving around the hood of his car. He goes to the driver's side, opens up the door. The cops are trying to restrain him. And he starts lunging for something. And that's when they shoot him. Now, the question is that I have, is seven shots really necessary? But you don't know. Uh, what he's going for it could be a weapon and we can surmise without a without a reasonable doubt um that it was a weapon because there a police report came out just yesterday saying that there was in fact a knife on the floorboard of his driver's side so exactly where he was reaching and someone uh in the footage says is yelling and screaming he has a knife he has a knife so uh that I think that lends even more believability to to the fact that he's not necessarily innocent, and so the cop shoots him, and uh, then everyone blows up. Kenosha, where this is happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin, blows up because they believe that this was a racist act, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Let's watch a couple of video clips. Um, I will link in the description. Uh, links where you can find the uh, some of the police reports and then also some of the reporting that's been done on it. And then the videos where you can watch it um, yourselves. And let me know what you think, because these are the facts. The, I'm not trying to make this up and weave it into a story that would fit one belief system better than the other, whether cops are racist or whether they're not. I'm just looking at this one specific instance. And I, I just don't see how you could... Um, Honestly, without stretching your imagination uh to the point of ridiculousness for you to think that this is a racist act. So uh let, let's look at some footage. Um, but do let me know what you think. All right, so there are a couple of videos here that I would like to look at. Uh and we'll we'll take a take a look at this first one, and it's this is one in uh that Um, was making the rounds a lot on social media. And I just want to show it to you here. Do be aware that this uh, content is pretty graphic and YouTube does understandably put up a viewer discretion on it. Um, We're going to bypass that. So right there, you saw him. There are three cops there now, okay? And this fits the reports that I've read. But as we're working through this, um, I'm gonna just pause it and we'll look at it. So this camera angle zooms in, and right there, that when that cop jumps back, he's thrown him off, okay? So there are two males and a female cop there. Um, he has shaken him off, and you're about to see him walk around the hood of the car. They now, oh, there's four cops there. They now have their weapons drawn and telling him, I'm assuming to stop what he's doing, but he ignores them. Weapons are drawn, okay now he's going for the hood of the car. The cop now tries to grab him from keeping from from uh, to restrain him from entering the vehicle, which makes sense. you don't know what he has in there uh, there there i've seen just a couple of videos of um, altercations where some people uh, I, I think they try to ignore this narrative, but Uh, where um, a suspect or someone who has been pulled over jumps back in their car, pulls out a gun, shoots two police officers, and runs off. This is police training. I'm assuming that they are trained in this to not let the suspect go back in their car because you don't know what he has in there. So he starts restraining him. And then right here, so right before uh, he fires off, Jacob is just – like almost horizontal with the ground, right? He's really trying to launch for something. And what could he possibly need right now? What What is so important that he is risking his life? Because you're putting everyone at risk in that situation. The cops don't know what you're running, what you're jumping for. And there's also like five or six other people around. Uh, and I believe it's his girlfriend that's right nearby that's telling him to stop to stop resisting. And then the shots. Yeah. And then this guy says, "Wow! Like, what? do you, what do you expect?" Um, so the cop immediately starts trying to resuscitate. They call an ambulance. Jacob Blake is now, he's now in a hospital, in stable condition. Actually, surprisingly, after receiving seven shots to the back. So uh, this is another another angle. Um, that provides a little bit more um, context to it um, and allows us to see more before and after um, before. So what you're about to watch is once again uh, basically what happened on the other side of the van. So there he is right there they're trying to restrain him. they have him on the ground then then he gets up, the cops jump back, he starts moving around the car, and, you know, people are, and then the shots go off. Anyway, so, let me know, what, what do you think? I mean, that, that just seems very clear that he was resisting arrest, he was going for something in his car that we can only surmise at the point, which we can now say for sure there was a weapon in his car, what would you want the cops to do? Do you want them to themselves get stabbed? Do you want them to wait to see just in case? I, I, I don't know. You, you don't know what he has in the car. There are a lot of other people around there and someone that he has abused um, domestically and sexually. Jacob Blake gets shot, right? There's all of this media attention. And then Kenosha, Wisconsin, where this has happened, blows up. Right, almost quite literally. There are riots being held in the streets. Um, businesses are being burned, and there's a vacuum. There is no one there stopping these riots. I guess the police were just sitting on their hands. The governor of Wisconsin denied uh, federal aid to that Trump was offering to send in the National Guard. Multiple times, he said, "No, we're fine. We don't need your help," and. While one of his cities burns, one of the cities that he was put in charge to protect those people and their businesses, they're being burned, and there is help offered, and he he said no. So when you create an empty void, what do you think is going to happen? Someone's going to step in and try to fill that vacuum. Enter Kyle Rittenhouse, seventeen-year-old. From a state over in Iowa. What do you think is gonna happen? This guy is an EMT. He uh or he he knows how to, and he also has a weapon. And he I I'm he has convictions and beliefs. That's something I don't think that you can really fault him for. But 30 30 minutes away from this town. So it's it's kind of like between here and Pullman if you live in Moscow. So it's not that great of a distance, a little further than that. And the media came out painting him as a white supremacist. Now, uh, this was based off of what they thought um, was on his social media. Uh, The New York Times actually came out and they're not exactly hoping to prove him innocent, but they come out and give a very long report on, uh, because they've gone back and examined all of his social media. And all they can really tell is that he supports cops and he has an affinity for guns is what the, what the article on New York Times says, because he had some practice. He has a practice range in his backyard. Now he's gone shooting that. And I guess there's footage of that. So this kid comes over from Iowa to protect um, it. I guess as part of the militia um, to protect the businesses and the business owners uh, from the rioters, and there's multiple footage, uh, multiple videos throughout the entire uh, string of events um, where he pops up, and and I think it provides valuable context to who this guy is and what he was actually doing there, and also this isn't first-degree murder. That's what people are wanting. He's now in custody. He, he was arrested in his town um, in Iowa. And he's been taken in. And now people are charging him, bringing up charges of first degree murder because he did shoot and kill two men and he wounded a third. Now, context matters. And that's really the thing that I want to get across here. Context really matters when it comes to viewing footage like this before jumping to conclusions because people's lives are at stake and you know the ideal situation is that the police would have been able to do their job and that the governor had done his job and maybe the national guard had been there but no one was there so kyle rittenhouse tried to fill the void whether for right or wrong that's something that we can discuss another time but right now i just want to make clear that he should not. He should not be brought up on these ridiculous charges. Now, these are charges that when we're going to look at the footage, but it was clearly in self-defense, right? And some people are raising questions. Why didn't the police shoot him when he had a weapon slung over his shoulder? Because there's footage of him after the, in the aftermath walking toward police, hands up, wanting to give himself up, but the police drive right by him. Now that's something that's interesting but I'm assuming they're racing toward to help whoever where the shooting is. But he just continues on his way and goes home. So that that is something that in my mind hasn't been answered to to the best of my um knowledge uh that well. But he did he did go and try to give himself up to the police. But I think the thing that does make clear is that when you try to cooperate with the uh, police that they will cooperate with you that if you are trying to run from them and when you're lunging for your weapon regardless of what it may be it matters on how you read the situation uh and I think Kyle Rittenhouse knew that I mean I th- I think there are reports that he he might have been calling 911 um but there, there, there is some footage I want to work through here, and we'll work through kind of a timeline that New York Times laid out, uh, just tracking his movements. And it's, it's very fascinating, it's some really intense uh, investigative journalism. But uh, I think it shows, and even if they didn't mean it to come out, but it shows that he is not guilty of first-degree murder. Um, and you can make a case uh, whether or not he should have had a weapon in the first place, but Uh, in Wisconsin, you're allowed to carry uh, openly when you're 18. Now he's 17 from Iowa. So that's a different thing. Um, So let's look at uh, some of the timeline from Kyle Rittenhouse's night in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So when we first discover Kyle Rittenhouse, and this is the article um, that we're just honestly going to work through, okay? Um, When we first uh, walk into the first place that we find uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is at a car dealership in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and he's there with multiple others. Um, here, we're we're just gonna work through there, but um, there there's a uh, actually a guy who's live streaming it. He was he's a reporter um, that interviewed mr rittenhouse before this happened but he interviewed kyle um and kyle said that they were there to uh defend the place against rioters and looters now he was not hired by the place which is an important thing to know um here's here's a short clip uh from you that you obviously you're armed and uh you're in front of this business we saw burning last night so what's up so people are getting injured and our job is to protect this business and part of my job is also, um, I by So, so he um, uh, makes it very clear that he's there um, as a, a Medic of sorts, I believe he says that he's a trained EMT uh, and he brought his rifle to protect him. And I I don't think that we should just discount his testimony on that. Um, so he's just been pepper sprayed actually in this this clip. So you had non-lethal because you just respond. We don't have non-lethal. So you guys are full on ready to defend the property yes we are. I Can you guys step back? Medical EMS right here. I have EMP. I'm see right here, that's really important that he went over to some of the rioters to offer his assistance. And that's something that isn't being reported and wouldn't really fit the narrative for this white supremacist to go help a protester. So um, we move on into the night where we find out that he is now running from multiple people. Um, And the, the mob is starting to zero in on Kyle for whatever reason. We don't know right now. Uh, but there was this one, uh, there are the, in the first shooting that took place, uh, there, there is a, um, someone who's lunging at him, looking, I, I think there were things being thrown at him, uh, and he turns and fires four, four time, uh, and then shoots the man in the head, uh, and this, this guy was coming at him and in a, a, a time, and on a night such as this you can never be too careful now. So, so there's a case to be made for self-defense. So the next, the next thing that comes around uh, is the second shooting, right? So this doesn't happen all in one go, but it's happening in a string of events. Uh, There are now multiple people saying we need to chase after this guy uh, and pointing out that that's the shooter. Uh, And as Kyle's running away, it's kind of like in uh, any scary movie, he trips and falls to the ground. Uh, And, he has to fire. He fires. He then fires four shots as three people rush toward him. One appears to be hitting the chest and falls to the ground. Another is carrying a handgun and is hitting the arm and runs away. Now, in one of these um, instances, I think it was either the man lunging him at him or one of the uh, people that fall to the ground, but they had a skateboard and were looking to club him. And I don't know if that's what uh, they were. Uh, I I don't know if the New York Times covered that part Uh, but one man actually was on top of him with a skateboard on his chest trying to push him down so he fired off another and then uh, so he fired around at him and I believe he killed that guy and then a man with a pistol started firing at him and the kid Kyle shot and took off part of his arm uh, disabling him and he is now in a hospital somewhere and this is the video footage that I have the most questions about why didn't they pull him over by, I'm assuming, it's a confusing night. Um, there, there is just a lot of confusion going on. And so Kyle can seemingly just walk up to police, but he's ready to give himself up. So there are plenty of cops on the scene there. They're just doing nothing to protect the businesses. People are saying you shot him. But notice Kyle is approaching, and he put his hands in the air, right? So he approaches this cop car. And I think they tell him to back up because, and that's important. He followed instructions right there, right? He's carrying a a rifle um, and they, you know, he's very close to the police car and they have to tell him to back up because I mean, they don't know who he is. So (laughs) that's something really important. And there's, there's some things I'm waiting to hear more about uh, because it does seem like after he uh, shot the first guy that he stopped and uh, I don't know if this is covered in this article, um, but he stopped and pulled out his phone and made a call and they couldn't tell to who, but over the phone, it sounds like he said, I just shot someone. Then people started chasing him. So my bet is that he was probably calling uh 911, trying to call an ambulance. Uh, but then people started coming after him. And so he had to retreat more. So, uh, doesn't really fit the narrative that was being pushed by msm that he was a white supremacist trying to take out a bunch of black lives matter uh, uh protesters but but there are i do have some questions so uh, as more and more um uh footage and and um more evidence comes out i would like to look into that but i don't think that he's this guy uh that is just out there looking to get his jollies off by shooting everyone up okay so do do just be thinking through uh these facts that hopefully i think would prove to be useful um and were really helpful for me to get my mind around all this uh narrative crap that the media is trying to push uh, do let me know, reach out to me at the life given and received at gmail.com. Uh, send me a Facebook message on the life given news on Facebook, uh, or join the life given podcast conversation on Facebook. You can also look me up on, uh, parlor at TLG podcasts or on, um, Instagram at underscore TLG podcast underscore. Uh, and once again, uh, thank you so much for your patience since this week. I hope we'll find a rhythm here soon in the coming weeks. Um, but just excited to get this episode out and once again, be back podcasting with you all. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and remember that the life that you have been given and the life that you have received includes every area of life. The narratives are no exception. God bless.